There we go. So today we are talking about thankful for intercession. So turn to me with your Bibles, if you will, to Esther chapter 7. Now, in Christian circles, the word intercession is thrown around a lot. We, we, we talk about it a lot, and I've heard it talked about a lot. But even though we use the term, it seems like there's still some confusion about the word. In my own experience with intercession, I always thought it was just a lot of prayer about a certain situation. So if I'm going to intercede, man, I'm going to just pray and pray and pray and pray and pray and pray and pray. And I'm going to pray for like six hours, and God's going to come and move, and it's, that's what it is. <coughs> but that's what I always thought it was. But that's not exactly true. It is true. It is true to an extent, but it is not all that intercession is. So intercession has a lot deeper roots to it. Intercession means to intervene on behalf of another. Now, that's pretty cool, right? Intervene on behalf of another. And we see this intervening, throughout, intervening on behalf of another all throughout the Bible. So, Reuben interceded for Joseph in Genesis 37, 21, when they were trying to sell, try to, they said they were going to try to kill Joseph, and Reuben interceded and said, no, let's don't kill him, let's just sell him to the slaves. Um, Jonathan interceded for David when King Saul tried to kill him. In 1 Samuel 19. Moses interceded for Israel with God. And prevented the judgment of God on an entire nation. In Exodus 32. So we see all throughout the Bible. And these are just a few examples. Of people interceding for one another. Or people interceding with God. For a nation. For us. For an individual. And Watchman Nee, who is a who, who wrote the book, he wrote the book Spiritual Authority. He is a great was a great uh, evangelist back in the in the Chinese. He was a great evangelist in China back in I believe it was like the 1920s, 1940s. So older gentleman, he said this. He said we may be forced to consume considerable time before the spirit cooperates. For example, God would like to enlarge the scope of our prayer to include the nations in order to defeat all the behind-the-scenes work of Satan. Or he may want us to intercede for all sinners worldwide for the entire church. So our, 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 our prayers, so intercession is prayer. Let me make that very clear. Intercession is prayer, but it is more than prayer. The clearest picture of intercession that we have in our society today is this. It is of a lawyer who intercedes on behalf of their client to the judge and to the jury. The lawyer understands the law and they understand the crime that has or has not been committed. And the defense attorney is the one who intercedes on behalf of me if I've done something because I don't know the law as well as the lawyer has. That is what we have. That is the picture of intercession that we have in our society today that is one of the most, is one of the clearest. Alright? But we also see intercession in the story of Esther. And we see through preparation and access to the king that Esther earns the ear of the king. So in Esther chapter 7, 
Starting in verse 1, it says this. It says, The king and Haman came to the feast. Now, this is the second feast that Queen Esther has thrown. Once again, on the second day, while drinking wine, the king asked Esther, Queen Esther, whatever you ask will be given to you. Whatever you seek, even to half the kingdom will be done. Queen Esther answered, If I have attained, obtained your approval, my king, and if the king is pleased, spare my life. This is my request. Spare my people. This is my desire. Let's pray. God, I ask as we dive into this sermon this morning that you would be with us. God, I pray that you would be with me. God, I pray that you would let the meditations of my heart and the thoughts I've had on this subject this week be what you, let your word come forth. In your precious name I pray. Amen. And if I could get rid of this cough, it would be amazing. So, intercession. So, in, in, in the story of Esther, over the last two weeks, and this is the third week, we've really been talking about prayer. Now, I haven't made that quite as clear the last two weeks as I have this week. But I've been talking about prayer. Because in prayer, we have preparation. In prayer, we have access to the king. But in prayer, we also have intercession. And intercession is dependent upon proximity. Okay? So, in the story of Esther, we learned that Esther had earned the heart of the king... So she gained proximity to the king. So she gained closeness with the king. Now, the interesting thing about this is no other Jew in that time had the ear of the king. No one else could understand. No one else could speak on the Jew's behalf as closely as Queen Esther could because she had the ear of the king. And she interceded for her nation by being close to the king. Intercession is dependent upon our proximity. Proximity, uh, proximity, meaning how close we are to God. And Jesus intercedes for us to the Father. And Hebrews chapter 8, verses 1 through 2 says this. It says, now the point and what we are saying is this. We have such a high priest... One who is seated at the right hand of the throne of majesty in heaven. A minister in the holy places. In the true tent of the Lord. Set up. Not man. And in Hebrews 8.6 it says this. But as it is. Christ has obtained a ministry. That is as much more excellent. Than the old. As the. <laughs> What's going on? But as it is, Christ has obtained a ministry that is much more excellent than the old. As the covenant he mediates is better since it is enacted on the promises. 
That was a weird translation. The point is this. Jesus is set at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens. Hebrews 8, 1 through 2. It says, we have a kind of high priest. That Jesus is the high priest who sat down at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in heaven. He sat down at the right hand of God. The Bible, and in Hebrews it also goes on to say that he is the high priest. That Jesus is our high priest. That Jesus is our mediator. Now in the Old Testament, the high priest was the one who once a year would walk into the Holy of Holies. He would walk into the, the, most, the place where the presence of God dwelled. And he would make an atonement for his sin and for the sins of the nation. Now when Jesus died... He made the only, he made the final atonement. He made the final sacrifice that ever had to be made. And that is what Hebrews 8 is telling us. Is that he made, Christ Jesus made the final atonement for our sin. And when he did, when he died, the presence left the Holy of Holies and now dwells among us. And we have access to the Holy of Holies. So, just as Jesus is seated by the right hand of the Father. So we must become seated in God's presence. Sitting at the feet of Jesus. Listening to every word. The, the, the example that comes to my head, it comes to my brain, is of John, who, was seated, who, who, at the, who at the Last Supper was seated with Jesus with his head on his breast, with his head on his chest, listening to his heartbeat. That is the example that comes to my mind, is that we have to be that close with God. We have to be that close as we walk in the Spirit. And as we walk in the Spirit, we learn to rest in Jesus, and we learn to rest in Him. And as we do that, we gain the heartbeat of God. We gain those things that <clears throat> the more we become like Him. It's just a, a, a husband and wife. The closer, the, the more, the longer a husband and wife are married, the longer or the more they begin to act. The longer they are together, the more they act the same. Uh, for example, we were driving down the road the other day. And I don't remember exactly what I said, but my wife says all the time. And we were driving down the road and she said whatever it was and I just responded back without even thinking and then I went, We've been together a little bit too long because that is just exactly what she would have said in that situation, and I'm sorry. It's just, but the more, we, more time we spend with somebody, the more we become like them. And the more we have, they have an influence over us and we have an influence over them. So if it works that way in human relationships, it has to work that way in the kingdom. Jesus so our intercession is due to proximity. The closer we are, the easier it is to pray. The closer we are in God, the easier it is to intercede. Point two. Esther made a place for the king to rest. Esther made a place for the presence to come. Now, check this out. Beginning of the story, Queen Vashti had her own feast in opposition to the king. The king had had a feast, and so Queen Vashti, instead of 
going to the king's feast, created her own feast and invited all the women. Vashti was offended at the call of the king to come from her inferior banquet to the one that had the presence of the king. Now, can you see the symbolism there? That a lot of times in our lives, we have this problem to where we say, we're going to build we're going to build the church just the way we want it. And we're going to do this. And we're going to have all, everything set up in our life. And it's going to be awesome. And you might have the best party in your life going on. But when God reaches down and calls and says, listen, you need to come from that one and come over here to where I am. A lot of times we get offended at that. <clears throat> a lot of times we get offended at the call of Jesus. And we say, I, I'm, I'm not that bad. I'm not that. I don't do it that, you know. Just, just because, you know, just because I watch a little bit of those TV-rated MA and they, they show a little bit of cleavage or, or, or just because I do a little bit of that or a little bit of this, it doesn't mean that I'm, I'm bad and I'm going to hell. It doesn't mean it's not that bad. But we, we build our lives around something that's not the king. That's not the presence of the king. And our party may be great and our party may be grand, but it doesn't have the presence of the king. And that's our problem, is that we've got to have the presence of the king. You see, Vashti was satisfied with entertainment in the shadow of the king, because she was in the king's court, but she wasn't with the king. And a lot of times we're like that. That's how our Sunday morning is, is we're, we're, we're satisfied with coming to church on a Sunday morning. We, we, take our, we take our little Jesus idol out, we sit down, we worship, we put a little touch of salt on our Jesus, on our Jesus meal, on our week, we put a little, we put a little touch of Jesus, and we're satisfied with entertainment in the shadow of the king. We're satisfied with a relationship at a distance. And if we're not careful, we learn to treat Jesus as a prostitute and not as the relational king that he is. Because we just put a little dab of, a little dab will do you. We treat Jesus like we treat our hot sauce. We don't want it all over. We don't want it. We don't want him everywhere. We want, we, we want to serve him when it's convenient. But when he starts dealing with our past, we don't want to deal with that. And when he starts dealing with those areas of compromise, we don't want to deal with that. But the difference between Queen Vashti and her rebellion and Esther was that Esther made a place for the king to rest. Esther had a, made a feast, and the sole intent was to draw the presence of the king. Her sole intent was to draw the presence of the king. What if we lived our lives like that? Lived our lives with the sole attitude of drawing the presence of the king. So that when we walked in our lives that we had everything. She made a place for the king to rest. She drew a feast with the intent of getting the attention and the affection of the king. When we talk about intercession, intercession, I believe, has to come from the place of intimacy. It has to come from a place of devotion to God. It has to come from a place of closeness. 
And what was the result? The result is this. Chapter 8, verses 7 through 8. It said, King Ahasuerus said to Esther, the queen and Mordecai the Jew, Look, I have given Haman's estate to Esther, and he was hanged on the gallows because he attacked the Jews. And you may write in the king's name whatever pleases you concerning the Jews and seal it with the royal signet ring. A document written in the king's name and sealed with the royal signet ring cannot be revoked. Esther's request became the king's decree. Because she was close. Not because she served at a distance. But because she took the time to spend time with the king. When we pray, when we intercede for someone or our nation, or when we, 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 we violently lift somebody up before God, we have to agree with that prayer. We have to have faith enough to believe that we are praying and that the king is issuing the decree that it will be done. We have to begin to have the faith when we pray. But the Bible also warns us that when we pray, we also have to pray according to the will of God. And what is the will of God? And how do we know that? How do we know what the will of God is? We, when we learn to sit at the feet of Jesus. And what do I mean by that? What do I mean by that? Here's a pra the practical sit at the feet of Jesus. For me, it's putting some soft worship music on. Bible. And just sitting, or sitting in the stillness of the quietness. And just praying. And saying, God, here's my messed up life. Here's everything I have going on. And then once I get done pouring my heart out and I just listen and I say, okay. God, what do you want for me? How do you want me to, how do you want me to change? Put that finger Put your finger on that area that needs to die today. Because I don't know about you, but I'm messed up inside. And I've got a lot of stuff that God's still digging out of me. But when we prioritize Jesus, we prioritize the Spirit over every other thing in our lives. Because that's, 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 that's the demand of the gospel is that Christ is more important to us than anything else. Christ is more important than anything else. And when we get that closeness with him, we can learn to believe, have faith to believe that when we pray, when we ask, when we say, God for the daughter, God for the husband, God for our nation, God for... I bring them up before you. 
I bring our prayer list up before you. I bring all this before you. We have the faith to believe that it's going to be done. We have the faith to believe that I might not see it done. I might not be there. I might not get to see it, but it will be done. Because when the king issues the decree, it has to be done. Am I making sense? Okay. But it all all starts with devotion. It all starts with closeness to the king. When he says, where, where we're able to go in and we're able to take off all of our pride. And all of our arrogance. Let me put it this way, where I get to, where I have to go in, and I have to take off all of my pride, and all of my arrogance, and all of my self-pity. We have to go in and we have to say, okay God, here I am, messed up before you. And we go in and we say, I don't know why you like me. I don't know what it is about me that you keep drawing me. But here I am. Do what you want with me. And it's through that that he begins to work. And it's through that that we draw close. And when we draw close, we gain the ear of the king. When we walk in the spirit, we have to walk in the spirit. Romans 8, 26 and 27 it says this, in the same way, the Spirit also joins to help in our weakness. Amen. I don't know, I don't know anybody else. I'm, I'm weak. In the same way, the Spirit also joins to help in our weakness. Because we do not know what to pray. Has anybody been there? Pray about a situation and we don't know what to pray. We don't know what to pray for as we should. But the Spirit himself intercedes intercedes for us with unspoken groanings. And he who searches the heart knows the Spirit's mindset. Because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. So when we don't know what to pray, when we're sitting here and some of... I'll tell you what, you know some of the, 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 the prayer that has helped me the most, the prayer that has gotten me out of more sticky situations the most, is God, help. I don't know what to do. I don't know where to move. I don't know what you want me to do. I don't know if you want me to sit still. I don't know if you want me to run. I don't know what you want me to do. God, help. So we have to talk about the Holy Spirit for a moment. Yes, he is real. Yes, we believe in speaking in tongues. Yes, it is real. But is that the only way that the Spirit intercedes for us? I don't think so. I was talking with a person that it's going to, I don't want to give their identity, but I was talking with a person and she was telling me, and it's it's nobody in this church, And she was telling me that she had a a particular situation that was very heavy on her heart. That there was just something that she just was just crying out to God, desperate for. It's like, I don't know how to fix it. I don't know what to do. 
I'm, I'm at an impasse. I can't do anything. And so she just lifted that up before God. And then she said, as she was praying, she began to pray for things that she didn't even know was going on. Or she doesn't even know if they're going on. But she began to pray these things and pray about this situation. And she said, I felt touch the weighty presence of the anointing of God on my life at that particular moment. And as I prayed, as she prayed, she prayed that situation through. And when she did, it's released. She released the and. and and, and all the anxiety and all the pent-up emotions and everything that she was dealing with about that particular situation were gone. So the Spirit works through us. The Spirit prays through us. So we have to know that prayer is the key to everything. Prayer is the key to Messina. Prayer is the key to America. And the question is, it's not, do you pray? Because I'm pretty sure that pre everybody in this room has a prayer life. The question is, is do we spend enough time do we create an environment in our lives to where we entice the presence of the king? Because that is what we have to build. That's what we have to build personally, and that is what we have to build corporately. We have to build the place where we come together and we pray, and we lift up the king. Because the Bible says that Jesus, if I, am, if I am high and lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. So are we going to live a lifestyle? And I know I'm starting to sound like an old holiness preacher. And it's not legalism when we draw close to the king. Because when we got married, or when somebody gets married, it's expected that certain behaviors are going to change. When we're in a committed relationship with somebody, if I'm still running around trying to pick up women at the bars or in church, being married, that's not expected behavior. It's expected that I'm going to stop, and that I'm going to commit myself to my wife, period. There's going to be no other women. I'm not going to even have those thoughts, right? But a lot of times, that's how we want to treat Jesus, is that we want to have just a little bit of Jesus in our heart and not commit and change. To live a lifestyle that says, I am totally, 100% bought. Because where has he brought you from? I know a lot of your stories. And I know where he's brought a lot of us from. I know where he's brought me from. God, I just pray right now. God, I pray that... Pray with me, church.
God, I pray that in my life that you would point out everything God, point out everything that's not you. Point out everything that needs to change. God, because I want to build in my life a fire. God, a place where you can come and rest your anointing on me. God, to where you can come and rest in your presence. Where I can just be with you. this time I'm, the altars are open if you feel that conviction of God saying there are those areas today's the day to lay them down today's the day to say you know what it doesn't matter how I've done the last how I've done any time before today today's the day to say God I want to build a place for your glory to dwell God, I just want to know you for who you are. And if that's you, I just ask that you would come forward. Just come and spend some time at the altar this morning. And if you this morning would say that I don't know this Jesus.